I was sitting in Irish class in what must have been fourth year. I was about 16. Our teacher was asking people what they were going to do when they left school. It seemed a ridiculous question. How could we have figured it out by now? How could we know what we were going to do with our lives? But everyone else did know. I was surrounded by future moon tours, engineers and nurses, doctori, vets and even an optician. She was going through the class, getting closer and closer to me and I was freaking out. A midlife crisis at 16. I needed to get out of there. I needed air. My hand shot up. I was out the door before she replied. The halls were empty and I slumped down behind a locker. And that was the first time I listened to Like a Rolling Stone by Bob Dylan. Once upon a time you dressed so fine Do the bumps of dime in your prime Then you So now, however many years on, I thought I'd look at this great song. People call, say beware doll, you're bound to fall You thought they were all I'm kidding you how it was created, find the story behind it, what makes it such a great song. You used to laugh about everybody that was hanging out. Now you don't talk so loud. Now you don't seem so proud about having to be scrounging. The song was written in June of 1965 as Dylan came back from touring England. He said he had all but given up the game at this point. He was ready to stop writing, recording and performing any more songs. But then on the plane home, he wrote what he described as 10 to 20 pages of word vomit. Now they ask me to read a poem at the he said after that he didn't feel like writing plays, novels or anything else. He knew that what he did was write songs. I'm a poet, I know it, hope I don't blow it. Like a Rolling Stone is Dylan at his poetic best. The song tells the story of a girl who's seemingly fallen from grace. It's as simple as that. Once upon a time you dressed so fine, you threw the bums of dime in your prime, didn't you? People call, say beware doll, you're bound to fall, you thought they're all kidding you. It's the way the story is told that's important. The words flow, they create the beat and the music all on their own. You used to make fun about Before the melody is even added. Lines like Miss Lonely, you know you only used to get juiced in it. Miss Lonely, but you know you only used to get juiced in it. And the whole song is full of lines like that. I saw the best minds of my generation destroyed by madness, starving, hysterical, naked. Dylan said it out a lot to Allen Ginsberg's howl, and you can hear the influence of the beat poet in the style of the song. Angel-headed hipsters, burning for the ancient, shuddering connection to the starry dynamo in the machinery of night, who poverty and tatters and hollow-eyed and high sat up smoking in the supernatural darkness of cold water flats floating across the tops of cities contemplating jazz. Dylan said he didn't even consider it a song until he sat down at the piano and began singing out the chorus. That amazing chorus. How does it feel? How does it feel? And this is how the song started. Piano song. To be out on your own. In three, four time. So unknown. 
phrase like a Rolling Stone had been used in music before. In fact, when rumours of the song spread before it came out, the Rolling Stones thought it was about them. They'd named themselves after a Muddy Waters song called Rolling Stone, which Dylan was almost definitely aware of. It told of a young boy who was going to be born and going to be free. Another song with the line was Hank Williams' Lost Highway, which we know Dylan knew because he had a recording of him playing it with Joan Baez. But he forgets the Rolling Stone verse and is reminded of it by a friend. Dylan was no stranger to borrowing a line, and this idea of a Rolling Stone Someone free but equally lost probably appealed to him. Like a stone. So we have the lyrics with this three-forward slowed-down piano version, which was recorded June 15th, 1965, and it's not working. Dylan couldn't get it to sound the way he wanted. After that take, the session ended and started up the next day. Let's, let's roll, uh, Larry. There's no, well, I better slate it. Uh, see on H6446. Tom Wilson, the producer, had booked several session musicians. Like a Rolling Stone, one. And Dylan had brought in a young blues musician, Mike Bloomfield, to play guitar. In the first few takes of the session, we hear them finding their feet, learning the songs. As well as this, you hear Dylan trying to learn how to sing the song right, playing with different intonations and lyrics. One wonderfully odd and important occurrence was Al Cooper's decision to sneak into the session and play organ. He was a young musician and asked if he could come along and watch, and Wilson, the producer, had said fine. But as soon as Wilson had left the room to take a phone call, Cooper snuck in and took the only instrument available, an organ. He was a guitarist by trade, so Wilson just laughed when he came back and saw him on the organ. What are you doing there? Okay, stand by. There's a COH6446, like a rolling stone. Okay, rolling six. The session was chaotic with no sheet music and no one really leading the processions. Dylan had the idea in his head for the song, but didn't know how to get it across. Something wrong. I like uh, the piano and something, something wrong time-wise. 
They tried various different attempts and slowly the song began to take shape. On the fourth take, things clicked. The drums came in right, Dylan sang with conviction, and Bloomfield finally found his niche in the song, only coming in on the guitar when needed. Cooper was playing the organ an eighth note behind anyone else because he didn't know the song very well. But Dylan wanted him turned up and what we get is a signature organ riff that's so important to the song. This is the take that was used on the album, and you can hear why. Everything works. The music acts as a river of sound around Dylan's voice. It's one of those songs that each time you listen you hear something different. The music builds the tension in the verses and then releases it once Dylan gets to the chorus. It complements the lyrics without taking from Dylan's voice and though it sounds almost chaotic, none of the instruments clash or jar with each other and instead they work together to create that tired music. They played the song 11 more times, but weren't able to get close to that fourth take. And by the 15th, they gave up. Once recorded, the song initially suffered as the Columbia Record label executives didn't think anyone would listen to a six-minute song. However, a disc jockey heard the record and demanded Columbia gave him a copy so he could play it on his show. The song was immensely popular and stayed in the charts for 12 weeks, reaching number two behind Help by the Beatles. Being born in the 90s, I missed all that. I stole a Best of Bob Dylan CD from my dad and listened to the song outside Irish class. I'd never really listened to Dylan before, and after hearing it, I was hooked. Like a Rolling Stone is just one of those songs that makes you stop, makes you take heed, and makes you listen. Thank you very much.